and welcome to yet another exciting Taste Bud Traveller. I think this is going to be a real beauty. Ben, you and the East Coast of America. Yeah, we're pretty good friends. Um, I've been to New York a couple of times and it's um, it really gets into your blood, that place, I, I think. It, it, there's a real energy to it and um, super, super exciting and you know, absolutely should be on top of everybody's bucket list. So I'm going to introduce us both, Julia Zayeda from Better Homes and Gardens and Ben Alcock, who is a well-travelled blogger. So now we're going to do this American East Coast together. Off you go with your experiences, Ben, because I've got many. Yeah, so uh, for me, New York's not necessarily about any sort of one thing. I mean, there's a, there's a whole bunch of, you know, big uh, kind of iconic tourism, tourist experiences like visiting Central Park or going down to Ground Zero or up the top of the Empire State Building or, um, you know, the Rockefeller uh, Centre, the Rockefeller Building. So there's, there's And all, ice skating there. And ice skating, I've done that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Done that in uh, in winter down the uh, in that forecourt of the building, which was fantastic. Really, really cool thing to do. Um, but I just like walking the streets and it feels like you're in every uh, sitcom you've ever seen on TV or every movie. It feels like a kind of film set experience and even just eavesdropping on conversations New Yorkers are having as they're wandering past is brilliant. So what about the rest of the East Coast? Um, have you travelled there much? Yeah, look, a little bit um, into Virginia, which is just beautiful. Have you been in, have you oh, visited Virginia? It's a look, beautiful a, place. Arriving in um, Virginia, in, in Richmond, Virginia one night, there was uh, obviously a school prom on. So the uh-huh. streets were filled with Pretty girls in very pretty dresses mm-hmm. and boys in dinner suits. But the most outstandingly beautiful thing was the dogwood blossom in all the streets there. I don't think I've seen any blossom wow. anywhere in the world more extraordinary than that. Yeah. Gorgeous Virginia. Yeah. yeah. One of my uh, favourite Virginia experiences was in Richmond and actually going to a roller disco at the local roller rink and just um, sort of trying not to humiliate myself out there as we <laughs> as we skated around. But just watching all the kids, it was it was obviously an important part of their kind of social circle or gathering at the the roller rink of a, on a Saturday night and um, just brilliant, really fun, just to kind of immerse yourself in there and just watch. Now, and, and you know, the, the beauty of places, yeah. that, and when we don't talk about it much in America, but when we were visiting different parts, myself and a partner, um, we would single out the neighbourhoods mm-hmm. of the towns or the cities we were in and we go, could you tell us where the prettiest neighbourhood is? I don't think there are more beautiful neighbourhoods in the world and I, I can say that um, with great confidence. There are neighbourhoods around the planet but American neighbourhoods have gardens that are exquisite, mm. very few fences, so there's that beautiful expanse of lawns and ivy that they use a lot. But if I'm suggesting if you're going anywhere in America, ask to see the very lovely neighbourhoods, and you'll be astounded at how many there are in every single city. Carolinas, have you been there? No, I haven't been to the Carolinas. Oh, no. Amazing, both of them, again, yeah. in terms of very, very beautiful places, and, and we don't talk a lot about them. Now, are we going to head back to New York? Is that the mainstay of, of the East Coast, do we think, or are we being a bit unfair here? I think it's a real hub. Um, and it certainly deserves all the attention it gets. And it, it is a source of endless, endless travel experiences. And they're the kind of things that only happen by kind of dropping yourself in there. One of the, one of my favorite experiences was, um, riding a bicycle, basically the length of the Hudson River. So from sort of Chelsea wow. up to the, uh, Williamsborough Bridge. And there's an amazing cycleway right up the river. And again, you just kind of get to see New Yorkers doing their thing and, you know, d- you know, sort of being active. And, and there's a, a bunch of excellent little places to kind of stop for a, a quick uh, refreshment along the way oh. or a bite to eat. 
New York and food. Yeah. We can begin that in a minute. But the yeah. other one of the other wonderful things to do in New York is to take one of those ferries. That all so those to do a full lap of Manhattan, basically. You do a full lap of yeah, Manhattan, right. which is just too beautiful. Now, the other thing that happens from New York, um, which I think is worth mentioning, that you can go to Washington from the day. Have you done that? Yeah, it's a great and uh, super easy trip. Um, jump on the train at um, – I'm not sure where the train went. I don't think it was Grand Central or it might have been Penn Station. Is that near Madison Square Garden? If that's where it is, that's that's where we took off from. And, um, yeah, super easy journey through some beautiful countryside. And then you find yourself in the seat of power, which is an amazing experience wandering around Washington, D.C. I think you actually go through five states to get to Washington. We start in New York and I think you go through Maryland and Delaware uh, and Pennsylvania and then you're, of course, in Washington, D.C., but the other thing that happens in Washington, which is exceptionally wonderful, if you haven't got any time, you've got to do the one-day trip, is you get on the little hop-on, hop-off bus there and you see everything that you need to see in right. Washington yeah. and then you can come home. It's just that's, a, that's a, another one not to be missed along with the ferry going around Manhattan. Yeah, it is amazing walking through a city that is so monumental like that. I mean, Washington. Ev- yes, and yes. everything is designed and and placed in a particular spot in the city to tell that story of American, I guess, um, exceptionalism and its history and all those amazing monuments to the presidents along the mall. Uh, and then you just kind of glance to the right and there's the White House and at the other end are the Smithsonian buildings and, you know, it's just incredible. You know, you really feel there's something going on around you when you're there. Now, I might have mentioned to you earlier, and um, I think it's going to be one my one question to you every time we talk to <laughs> each other, yep. is a moment. You know, when I travel, I, I think I said to you, I have moments that just stand out. Seeing the White House was one, I have to say. But a moment for you in the East Coast, along the East Coast of the States, would you think? Um, I think... I was quite taken by Washington, D.C., and in particular, because I'm a bit of a plane nerd, um, the Smithsonian um, Aeronautical Space um, Museum. Can you just a a little bit about the Smithsonian? So the Smithsonian is a collection of museums and institutions that basically um, showcase uh, incredible feats of, you know, whatever that specific niche is. So in the Aeronautical or Air and Space Museum, they're in the same foyer of the building, you have effectively the the Kitty Hawk, so the first Ah. aeroplane ever flown by the Wrights, and also the moon landers, you know, those kind of aircraft that that took us to to the moon. Um, And to to be in the same bit of physical space along with giant rockets and, you know, the first um, supersonic aircraft, all just side by side in a building is astonishing, amazing for that all to happen effectively in two generations. Indeed, a very good moment, that one. But the other one there in Washington is, um, as we all remember where we were when President Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah, right. When you can go up to Arlington Cemetery yeah. and he's there yeah. and you're standing right with him. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Arlington's beautiful, isn't it? Yes. I mean, it's quite a lovely memorial to the Kennedy family, that um, the, the, the flame coming oh, up through the stones in the ground. And it's very, very touching. makes you think, of, you know, about those incredible moments in history. Um, I know, Look, I know it's not exactly East Coast, but, you know, have, if you've been to Dallas and you've been to the sort of where – Kennedy was assassinated around the no, school book been. depository and all that. I mean, that again, that's an incredible moment. So I did a trip where we did both of those things. You know, we came through Dallas into New York and so to sort of connect those dots was pretty interesting. 
they were amazing. They, I bet you, you not life changing those experiences, and and that we should all take the time to just do them. Yeah, because they often feel like they're a long way away, and that that they're sort of so distant, and they happened at some other point in time, and you've only ever interacted with them on the telly or in a book or something, and then all of a sudden to be there and be amongst it, it does send a little chill down your spine sometimes. It's amazing. So, so on your way back, when you get off at the when you hop off your hop on hop off bus at the White House, you're desperately hoping for the president to come out and show himself, but he didn't, so... I saw one. Well, What it, do you mean you saw one? Well, I, I saw Clinton. And, Where? Uh, well, so the story was we were uh, visiting and we actually did a White House tour. We spent some time in the White House. There's oh a little tour that you can yes. wander through. You can't take any photos, though, so it was a long time ago, and because I have no photos of it, my memories are really vague about what we actually did. But yeah, we went into the White House and then we were out on the mall just wandering around and all of a sudden there was this massive entourage of black vehicles and flashing lights and then the presidential helicopter landed and um, President Clinton jumped out, gave everyone a wave and disappeared into the, into the entourage. I believe he was off playing golf. <laughs> Which reminds me also yeah. when you go to Capitol Hill, they show you a particular p- a part where secrets were disclosed inadvertently because if you stand on, stand on one side oh, under wow. the dome, the, the whispering yeah. between you and I goes up and bounces off the top and can be heard on the That's other side too funny. perfectly well. So yeah. people who discovered that before everybody knew what, what well, was who happening. Who needs Russian hackers? Who Just go and have needs a chat at the Russian Capitol? hackers? Yeah. That's right. So they were yeah. finding all those sorts of things. Yeah. Down south, Florida, any of those parts of... Uh, yeah, but mostly for kind of, um, you know, leisure pursuits like going to Disney World and Epcot Centre and various kind of theme parks down there. For me, that was a sort of a bit of a playground at the end of a trip across the States. When you start to talk about taste bud travelling, yeah. um, the east coast of America, yeah. and, and if we head back to New York yeah. and go north of New York, it's uh, every type of food that you could possibly want. Steak in America, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. when you get the right steak, rare Blue for me, Ben. What about for you? Oh, medium rare on that rare side. Not not quite blue. But you know, it's funny. You know, I I, I grew up as an Australian, always just assuming that we did the best barbecues in the world. Australian barbecues are terrible compared to what the Americans do. I mean, that whole kind of southern barbecue thing is next level, and it's it's so good that that culture's now arrived in Australia, and we've got competitive barbecuing happening and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think our approach to you know some scorched sausages and some overdone um, steak is um, a bit of a national embarrassment. I've never I'm afraid. thought of my barbecues as scorched sausages and overdone. Well, you'll have steak. to have me over for one so I can check it out. I will do food in Chinatown in New York. Splendid. Yeah. Have you been down there? Yeah, 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 it's great. Yeah, and, yeah. took and my kids down there. It was fantastic. All I, and Jewish delicatessens. They are amazing. Aren't they? So you really should go out of your out of your way to find find one. We um, uh, we ventured into Zaybars, which was amazing. Got an incredible sort of pastrami sandwich. But the the big one is Katz's. And and the Carnegie Deli. Right. And then of course there's Sardi's, which is where. All the famous people went and still go after they've been to Carnegie Hall. So good for a bit of sort of uh, celebrity spotting? Oh, it is. Um, It's just amazing. You've seen it in a million movies as well. Oh, okay. So just sitting there is something in itself. You know, how long can you talk about New York for the rest of your life? Pretty much, yeah. Yes. So thrilling that we're actually going to have Sarah Stevenson come and talk to us about everything that she knows. Great, yeah. She's a real expert. She'll be terrific. Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much. What an absolutely wonderful part of the world to be speaking about is New York City, the Big Apple. It's not too bad. So exciting. 
Um, one of your favourite places, Ben? Absolutely. One of mine too. So there are five boroughs in yes. New York. We always think of Manhattan yep. as being New York, but there's a whole lot more to there it than are. just that. Yeah, so there is um, there is five boroughs, um, the Bronx, Queens, Manhattan, Staten Island and Brooklyn. And so people are very familiar with um, Manhattan, but we love people who sort of go out and especially Australians who are very keen explorers, but they're heading up into the Bronx and really kind of checking out some of the amazing things that are up in the Bronx. So everything from the Bronx Botanic Gardens to Arthur Avenue, which is like a little Italy. Um, there's so much to see and people are going a lot further than just sort of around Manhattan, which people are very comfortable and familiar with, feel, mostly because like we see it on movies and things all yeah, the time. Yeah, and yeah, it's a, a massive draw card. But That's I feel right. like everybody's talking about Brooklyn yeah, at uh, the moment. What's driving, are, aren't they? What's driving yeah. that? Well, I guess um, Brooklyn's had that huge regeneration and I think there's a lot more hotels there now. You know, I think when we talk about um, Manhattan, the best way to see Manhattan is from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of lovely hotels that are along the river and the best place for, a you know, a rooftop drink is really from one of those Brooklyn hotels looking across to the, you know, sparkly lights and the island of Manhattan. It's really beautiful. But – you know, that whole area has regentrified. So there's amazing restaurants. Smorgasburg is a really cool um, big market that happens um, sort of throughout the year. It's a great food market. You can have everything from lobster rolls to raindrop cakes, anything that's really cool and trendy and about to hit our sort of food scene, you'll find at Smorgasburg. It's sort of like an eclectic food area and market and it's great and it's a lot kind of where the cool kids hang out really in Brooklyn so really unique shopping very different experiences great um, street art and murals but it's it's sort of like an eclectic area of New York City. What's the DNA of New York City that makes it the most extraordinary place that it is? I think it's just a melting pot. It's a melting pot where you can go and be anyone that you want. You, No one looks twice at anyone who's wearing a Santa suit in July or there's a train load of Santas suddenly pull up. There's great musicians and artists. It's eclectic and challenging and gritty and beautiful all at the same time. And I think that's why people love it and you will go back each time and never have the same experience. Have you ever been in winter, Julia? Have you uh, winter? I was caught in a New York in a blizzard <laughs> and the, the snow was um, up to our knees. Wow. And the, I had to get to the airport to fly to London and um, there were no cabs, no one was there, except they found me one cab driver and this was years ago and it cost $200 oh to get gosh. from um, – I was down near – I was 42nd Street down 3rd Avenue Way and um, he got me there and we, we were on the plane and – then we were about to take off and we ended up taxiing for five hours oh my gosh. before they decided that we couldn't leave because the snow was so – so so the answer is yes. Yeah. But <laughs> yes. New York yes. in the snow is astonishingly beautiful. Yeah, and Central and Park in the snow is amazing. amazing. Christmas there is yeah. just is just so beautiful. Now let's invite you out for a meal. <laughs> what should we be eating? Where we should, should we be going? Are there specifics, the difference between a diner and a five-star restaurant? Give us New York. So there's about 18,000 restaurants in New York. So to make a food decision is very difficult. but you Or know, absolutely easy. Or absolutely yes. easy. You can like rock around a corner and you'll have great luck. Um, there's obviously um, iconic experiences and people things that people always must go. Katz's Deli mm. is very well known and people love it. Russ and Daughters is another really great sort of mm-hmm. Jewish deli and it's very iconic. 
Yeah, um, people need to know about the size of they, the sandwiches. Yeah, can huge, you, can yeah. you go take a friend amazing. and yeah. share? Because they're nearly a foot high, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, no, it's great. But even soul food up in Harlem is amazing, great fried chicken and grits and it's, you know, fantastic. Mamafuku is a really well-known, you know, restaurant that's now come out to Australia. So you can go from five-star dining to street meat, you know, the carts you see, you know, literally on the street. Um, you can eat now, so well. We work with somebody who said they would not touch a mouthful of anything from a street yeah. cart, but is it fabulous? And that, it is I fabulous. love the roasting of chestnuts at yes. in, in winter. All yes. of that. Look, and you know, um, you can you can. The best way to sort of identify a good street meat is look at the queue. Yep. But you can also <laughs> check out you know, online where they rate it because everything's rated. You can go find mm. the best one. We lived there for a little while and my husband had a favourite street meet that he would go to every Friday and it is it is great but you just have to work out which one that you like. And where do diners sit these days? Look, there's some really kooky diners. I know Colette takes all their people to the um, Stardust Diner near Times Square and it's an extraordinary experience because they're singing and dancing waiters. Um, the Empire Diner is a really cute, a bit more sophisticated diner and, you know, it's fabulous. But, you know, it's 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 the depth and breadth is few. You know, you can have any sort of experience. I love food halls in New York are really amazing. I think rooftop dining or rooftop drinking. The bars are incredible, great, you know, great cocktails and food. Um you can just sort of the emp- the um, Union Square markets, a farmers markets that are on every Saturday, and they're great for sort of trawling for fresh, you know, fresh fruit and vegetables and meats and things. It really is sky's the limit. Italy is a great Italian um, hot food hall. Uh, Mario the Chelsea Batali. market, Chelsea a walk market. Along the you High can, Line, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like you just put on pounds really when you go <laughs> there, but it's a great experience. You must have a bagel when you go to New York. Must have a slice of pizza. Burgers are fabulous. I love Shake Shack. But, Hmm. you know, you can have whatever you want. You can have the fine dining experiences, the Michelin stars of the modern at the MoMA Museum. But you can also, you know, eat off the street. That's the beauty of New York. It's it's your choice. What about Little Italy and Chinatown? Both amazing. Both amazing. So there's always a controversy that the real Little Italy is up in the Bronx. (laughs) So if you want less of a sort of um, touristy experience, that's where I would send people. There are actually three Chinatowns in New York, Hmm. one in Manhattan, Queens and in Brooklyn. So there is no limit to the sort of food and dining experiences you can have. You could dine out for every night of the year and you would never get through it. Um, And that's part of the excitement of it. So where does the mafia, which little Italy does the mafia? (laughs) That question, I'm not sure. (laughs) So how how important is Central Park to New Yorkers and to visitors to New York? Look, I think, um, you know, it's a city, it's a big city. And so people love a green space. They love, um, you know, to be out there walking, running, cycling, you know, ice skating, whatever you want to do, you can do that in Central Park. I know, you know, you know, in summer, summer's arrived because every little space is covered by people sunbaking and having picnics and throwing frisbees. But it is a really beautiful um, park to go at any time of the year, walking around, you know, in fall is stunning. When there is a blizzard on, that's when you go to Central Park because mm. you'll get the most amazing photos. Um, but, you know, you can experience it. It's well known from the movies, you know, rowing in front of the boathouse is an iconic thing that you love to do once. 
um, all the lovely museums and where John are around Lennon it. Lived yes, John just Lennon's there memorials the around there. Um, there's you know there's buskers and people playing saxophone and beatboxes and break dancers. It's such an experience. It's not just really a park. It's it's just this little cosmos of yeah, life. I think that's almost my top tip for anyone yeah, running. Just York, go is, to is stay within walking distance mm, of the park. Yeah, a couple of blocks. Yeah, get out so and you're in in a few minutes. Yeah. and and look up one side <laughs> is that museum mile, and you've got the Jewish Museum, the Met. The Guggenheim, Guggenheim's amazing, yeah. Right? The Met Breuer, mm. the Freak, the Cooper Hewitt Museum. You you won't run out of museums, and that's just one block on one side. And yeah. then on the other side, you've got the American Natural History Museum. So mm. anywhere within a radius of the cent- of Central Park, you'll find great experiences. If you had um, three things that first timers should tick off or yep. do or see, what might that list include? Um, look, I think Central Park is amazing. I think you should go to a museum. There's so many choices. And they're, they're like some of the world's best museums. So you must see a museum. And Broadway, I think, you know, whenever you are talking about Broadway, it's so synonymous with New York. You, you really must enjoy a show to kind of get that full experience. But I think in New York, don't overschedule because mm-hmm. the beauty happens in things that are random. Just you know, unfold in front of you. Just unfold yeah. right mm-hmm. in front of you. A day takes you, you take a left turn and suddenly you don't know where or you walk down a set of stairs and you're at a cool jazz club. You know, you just don't know where the city will take you. So just don't overschedule at all. Just, just to one other question, back to Little Italy and having had dinner there one night um, and not having left a tip. Oh, yes. So we were chased down the street Mm. by the waiter (laughs) and roundly abused. What is the rule for tipping there? Look, you know, tipping generally I would look at um, wait staff at around 15 to 20% on your meal. If you're having a drink, generally you give the bartender a dollar. Is that all? A dollar for each drink plus the cost of the drink. (laughs) Right, right. but also, you know, you're always looking at things like if a doorman will call a cab, you'd give him a dollar or if your doorman helps your bags out, you'll give them dollars per, per baggage and that sort of is, thing. Is, so, that, is that kind of what it is about? Yeah. A buck, so. and, and look, you do tend to tip, um, you know, the, the ladies who service your room when you're in a hotel, that can be a couple of dollars a day. And I think it's really hard for Australians to sort of get their head around it, but oftentimes it's based purely on the the, hour, the hourly rate. That It's not like in Australia the – minimum wage and so forth. I don't know what you're like, Julia, but I just panic and do yeah, nothing. Yeah, it is. It I is. I do nothing. It is. And, then... and I think the best tip I ever have is when you leave the airport, make sure you have dollar Lots bills. Lots of dollar bills. If we go to www.nycgo.com, what are the fabulous tips we're going to find there? I think it's great because it gives you the lowdown on what's happening this season or this week or this month, where to eat, where to play, what events are on, what exhibitions are showing, and you can really plan out a great holiday and get like the insider tips. It's written by New Yorkers you know, for people coming to visit. So they really know the inside gossip and where to go and what's happening. So it's it's a good way and, to get the information. And your best and worst experience in New York? Oh, my gosh, that's such a hard question. Um, one of my best experiences was just wandering with my husband. We went to this fabulous place called the Pearl Oyster Bar where you sit up a zinc bar and we had these most incredible lobster rolls, which is I must eat New York experience with fries, a nice glass of wine. We walked out and we saw this music. We followed it and it was this fabulous jazz club in the West Village and we spent the night there and it, no plans. It just all unfolded. And they're just great New York nights. And the worst? Gosh, I don't know if I have a worst. I have been super lucky. I lived there for a couple of years and, you know, it is the safest big city 
in the US. Um, I catch trains all night, every night, coming to and from, and I walk everywhere. I haven't really had a bad. I was being touch wood. Lucky, never had a bad experience. What about your best experience, Julia? What's your uh, like, you know real what? standout moment? I think. <clears throat> um, I think after everything that you've said, which which is just extraordinary, I think the Rizzoli Bookshop. Oh, yeah. Um, is that 56th, yeah. I think? Mm-hmm. Um, the, one of the most exquisite bookshops ever, and you can spend hours and hours there. That's not counting everything else that you said because yeah. everything. I, I did a, a course at the New York School of Interior Design there some years back, which was just amazing and wonderful. Wow. But um, And that stood out. And the worst was um, trying on a pair of shoes in a very <laughs> small shoe shop and sitting there, and, I, and it was winter, so I opened my oh, coat up and I thought, I'll just tuck my bag under there so no one can take it, except some very clever lady came and sat beside me and took it. Oh, no. But um, – and it was gone, and she was very swift and no, no mm. issues. But about three months later, that bag arrived back on my desk in Artaman in Sydney with everything in it wow. except the cash. Hmm. And amazing. I had the most beautiful sterling silver hair combs that were there and the credit cards were there. So what she did was she took the cash, tossed it in one of the post bins, and I got a letter of apology from the um, New York Postal System saying, terribly sorry, we found your bag. But it turned out to be a good one. And you, Ben? Uh, Best experience, uh, walking through Central Park, and there was a James Brown concert going on in one of the arenas there somewhere. And every time he yelled out, say yeah, (laughs) every New Yorker within earshot responded, fists in the air, you know, walking their dogs. Just having, you know, wandering around. It was just a classic kind of New York moment. And um, any sporting event in New York is amazing as well. You really get to see what New Yorkers are about. So even if you're not a sporty person, get to a Knicks game or a Rangers game or go and see the Mets or the Yankees or something and you'll really get a good good idea of what the place is about. Do you have a worst? Uh, Just being there in winter and not prepared in terms of my clothing. Oh, it's cold, isn't it? Yeah, it's cold. I just survived by walking Mm. from bakery to bakery to bakery and, (laughs) like, you know, just reviving in each in little stops. It was amazing, but cold. One of the most amazing cities in the world ever. Thank you very much, Sarah, for coming in so and talking to us. Me. And people have to go once or again and again and again. Isn't that the piece of advice? That's absolutely correct. You'll never have a bad time. Never have a bad time. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Thanks, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Now we're going to talk to Nancy Hopkins, and I'm so very excited about that. Nancy, it's so exciting to speak to you. And I want you to tell us a little bit first, because now what you're doing is you've got a little thing called Eat With Nancy, which is taking people all around America, and that's before we head off to the East Coast specifically. Give us a little bit on Eat With Nancy. Well, here's the thing. I I do love to eat, and Eat With Nancy is all about discovery and eating. And I like to say when you eat with Nancy, you're literally on a culinary journey of discovery. So we're eating with you today, Nancy, and we're heading <laughs> off to the East Coast. Maine is the very tip top. Yep. And and Maine, it, it really is my favorite. I, I just love it. I think I've spent a lot of time in Maine. There's a, there's a wonderful spot called uh, Portland. It's It's great. It's I think Maine is, is when I think about it, I think of honesty. It's very simple. And, you know, there's some famous places to eat lobster in Maine. Like there's the, the, this icon spot called Thurston's Lobster Pound. 
and it's in a town called Bernard. It's famous, and that's not far from Bar Harbor. But really, the best place to have lobster in Maine is the joint down the street from wherever you are. And I think the hallmarks of a great lobster roll, you want like super tender bread, and it has to be, it has to sit upright. It has to be full to like explosion, but it still has to sit on its own. And it has butter that almost drips down your arm when you're eating it and it's piled high. So if, if we keep going down a little bit, if we leave Maine, when I think of New Jersey, I think of peaches and white corn and tomatoes. And New Jersey has this wonderful thing happening there. There are a lot of Italians in Then the New food's Jersey. going to be fabulous, Nancy. I can hear it coming. It is. It's known as the pizza belt. Ah. <laughs> so many New Yorkers drive to New Jersey to a favorite spot for pizza. I'm yes. just going to travel you a little further. We should mention, because I think it's a very misunderstood state, Delaware. Yes, Delaware. we don't hear about Delaware for much. What never, is there? Never hear about Delaware. What is up with that? It's blue crabs. And guess what? Lays claim claim to salt water taffy. Now we've done the, the, the top east coast, as it were. If we go below Delaware, we've got Virginia and the Carolinas before we get to Florida. We're interested in what you're going to tell us about Florida because you've got all those Cuban influences as well. So where, what, what in Virginia and the Carolinas should we be looking for? What you're going to get in the Carolinas uh, is pork. Oh, my oh, goodness. Fabulous. That, that's where you're going to start hitting your barbecue country and bacon and ham. I mean, like, it's the meat mecca. It's unbelievable. And then what happens when we get to Virginia? Oh, Virginia. So wonderful because guess what you hit? You get something known as Brunswick stew, and that is a pork stew. It's kind of got like I actually had some this weekend. Yum! Um, it's often it's often served with barbecue, and in the summer, it's chock full of tomatoes and corn and kind of a pulled pork. Yeah. Uh, but what you what you also get in Virginia? That's where your oyster happens and who doesn't love an oyster right uh, and they they're seafood oysters they're not river oysters I remember I was in Nakatash once and I ordered a dozen oysters and the waitress looked at me and said uh, are you sure ma'am and I said yes that'd be great thank you I'd love a dozen oysters she said ma'am are you sure and I said yes thank you I'd really love them and they were river oysters they I think ma'am and when she came out with a dozen oysters, each oyster was the size of a dinner plate. <laughs> and I had a dozen of them. And, oh. And yeah, but they were just the most enormous things. And you sort of had to cut them with a knife and fork because each oyster was roughly the size of a steak. And that's when I said to her, I understand the question now. Can I take them home? And I don't think I ever ate them. But the one that I did have, Nancy, was absolutely delicious. So is a Virginia oyster... Better than a Nakatash oyster. I'm going to choose Virginia. I am. <laughs> Good. I, you know, I'm going to choose that. And you know what I love? I'm a Virginia girl. You may not know that, but 
I love a Virginia oyster, and there's something else quite famous that happens in Virginia called country ham. And that's where you get, you know, your, your famous Smithfield ham, country ham. And there's nothing better than oysters with ham. Oh, no, we don't think of putting them together, but we will. Fresh seafood oysters with ham. And I mince up my country ham and I place it on top of my oyster. Oh, there you a, go. A whisper of hot sauce and a squeeze of lemon. We are going to try that here. Now, head on us down to Florida, croc country. Are we eating crocodile down there before we talk about the Cuban influence? And You can. It's not my favourite thing. It um, has a very uh, – it's in a lot of bars. And the thing about gator, it's called um, – it's very chewy. Yep. Uh, and often over seasoned, um, you know, but, but yes, often in a bar, you will see alligator on a menu. Um, and you can do that. Um, I, I think what's really interesting though about Florida is you get this Creole influence and, and that's kind of wonderful. Um, so what happens with the Creole inference? Influence. It's a lot of uh, tomato and um, like shrimp and stone crabs, and in these tomato sauces, it's pretty incredible. Florida also is famous for this little area called Apalachicola, and they have some of the best oysters in the world. The Cuban influence, Nancy? That's where it's Cuban, and you're getting that. It's your Cuban sandwich, it's a Cuban and they're served so often. Mm-hmm. And and in my way of thinking, I, th- I that's Miami. One yes. of the things that um, I would add is, you know, and I think it's one of the questions you had for me, Julia, is eat with Nancy. And I think when you're traveling, allow time, read the signs, all of these icon places and states, like they have these signs that look like they've stood the test of time and be open and go into places that you haven't read about and stop and ask questions. And I mean, you know, some of the, some of the tricks I do is ask at the gas station, ask the attendant, where do you love the, yeah, I I think you want to ask, my tip is ask the most ordinary person, like, where do you really love the food and listen Listen to what they say. And I, I've never been steered wrong. I mean, you know, some people might say, ask the largest guy in the room. But I think ask them, <laughs> you know, ask a real person where they love to eat. Where do they go when they're really hungry? That is and, absolutely a fabulous tip. It's been amazing to talk to you what we're going to do when we get to the east coast of America. I can't wait to speak to the gas station attendants. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> This is fun. Have fun. Coming up also, don't forget we have uh, Paul Diamond from Selector Magazine, so he'll have a few great tips about drinks and refreshments. Hello, Paul. Welcome back. Welcome back, guys. How are you doing? Great, thank you. Thank you. Now, very interesting today, we're going to be talking about the east coast of America. We've just been discussing all our experiences around the country, but we would like to hear from you about the wines or whatever you think is worth drinking over on the East Coast? 
Look, um, it's a very good question. It's a very vast question. The, the, the East Coast of the United States offers quite a few options, but I think you should generally start um, up near Niagara, just above New York, you know, across the Canadian border. There's some really interesting aromatic white wines, um, very fresh, very exciting. Obviously, it gets quite cold up there in the winter, so you're looking for very fresh, bright, um, sprightly white wines. And Light-bodied red wines, because it doesn't really get warm uh, up there, you're going to get lighter-bodied reds. There's also, I guess, a range of very sweet and well-made ice wines to, to, to look at when you travel that far north. Heading a little bit south, the next place that you really want to think about is Virginia. Virginia is dairy country, um, and you start to get a little bit warmer. The, 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 the body of those whites starts to sort of fill out a little bit. Fantastic Chardonnays, fantastic aromatic whites, Rieslings, um, Pinot Gris, etc. Um, but great food as well. Very, very, very well matched with what they're producing there in terms of their their beef, their dairy. Um, it's very much a place to go. Um, then you sort of start to head further south um, as you start to, to sort of move down there. But really, that's it on the East Coast. So there's big wine scenes in New York. There's wines, um, little tiny wine regions that are... Um, Around New York, you've got Charlottesville, there's sort of the sort of Finger Lakes in New York. Again, very, very small. You have to search this stuff out. The concept of um, visiting California, for example, in a car and um, exploring the wine-growing regions over there and that tapping into that food culture, very similar, I guess, to what we discussed when we were talking about Italy. Is, there, is something similar to that possible on the East Coast? Could you kind of, you know, zip around through these wine-growing regions and have a a similar but uniquely East Coast version of that? Absolutely. I think it's the only way to do that. Um, you know, flying into New York, sort of getting in a car and heading up to, towards on Ontario really isn't, you know, it's not a big deal to do that. I mean, you can be, you can land in the morning and be there in the afternoon. So um, being able to kind of zip up in a car, it, it, it's pretty much the only way to do it unless you're on a tour that, that is specifically um, focused on wine. Um, and then the cool thing about a car is you can kind of um, take your time. Um, you can see what you want. You can go back to places. You can, you know, uh, you know, decide. Okay, I'm going to stay here because there's sort of four or five things happening, and you can base, you there, base yourself there for a day and and relax. And you over there, your favourite, you know, way to 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 sort of celebrate a meal. Oh, in general, I, look, I like to um, depending on the meal, obviously, but um, if it's a short, sharp thing, I like to very much choose uh, one wine to to suit the main course or the main part of the meal and, and so and have a couple of glasses of that. But if it's a, a proper dinner with friends, you start with sparkling, then move move through and get heavier as as the food gets heavier and heavier. I hope this isn't a really dopey question, but is Martha's Vineyard actually a vineyard? Uh, it's a region. There's probably oh. a vineyard in Martha's, but, it, but it's actually a place. Is it a wine-growing region? Uh, there there are vines. Ones. There are vines in that area. It's, it's, I think it's part of Long Island. Yeah, um, yes, I have to double exactly. check. Yes. Um, but yeah, Mother's Vineyard isn't called that because um, look, maybe that name originated because there was a vineyard originally, but it's not known as a wine okay, growing area. Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> the suburb. Thank you. Look forward <laughs> to speaking to you next time. Take care. Ben, East Coast of the States. Wasn't How good? fabulous. Yeah, it was very good. You know, and doesn't doesn't it make you hungry for more? Yeah, it does. And and there is much more to be had in the US yes. as well. Massive place. 
But fabulous today. Um, we love to thank all our listeners and we want them to come aboard with us. We ben. do. We'd, we'd love you to tell your friends and, of course, to rate and review the show. Um, the more people we can have us joining on Taste Bud Traveller, the better. We would absolutely love to have you along. And, of course, subscribe for your weekly dose of Taste Bud Traveller goodness. To next week, Ben. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll see where we're off to. <laughs>